Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is August 1st. My name's Pat. I'm one of the hosts of the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. Uh, also, there's Rob, Ryan, Angelo, and Joey, but they're not here today. It's just me. I'm going to be talking all things G1 Climax related as we cover nights 8 and 9 of the ongoing New Japan Pro Wrestling G1 Climax 32, uh, taking place live from Japan, uh, you know, multiple nights a week. So, uh, if you're new here, I have covered every single night of the tournament thus far. There is a playlist on our YouTube channel, so if you subscribe, you can go to our the front page of our channel and you will find the playlist at hand. Also, I'll probably put it in the comments in the episode description, so if you're looking for where to find all of our coverage of the G1 Climax, you can find it very easily. Uh, a busy weekend, which meant that uh, I did not get these shows covered in time uh, when I originally tweeted out on our Twitter. Uh, I, I said it was going to be Sunday, but it is now Monday. So, you know, new month. Happy August, everybody. But uh, here we are, and I'm going to be covering nights eight and nine. Uh, I've, I have been doing solo nights where I've just been covering each night on their own, but just because I want to stay on top of this, I, I've decided to put coverage for eight and nine together. So easier for me and possibly easier for you if you just are trying to get caught up and not have to go search for another podcast episode or another youtube video so uh hopefully this works out and we'll i'll try to keep it you know as condensed as i possibly can going through everything um with that being said be sure to follow us over on twitter at deep six wrestling without the g just deep six wrestling you'll find us and uh we tweet there pretty regularly now Uh, we'll put out updates for um, when we're posting episodes, if there's any delays, we'll put out polls, uh, regarding certain shows and just an easy way to keep up with when we're releasing content. So be sure to follow us over on the Twitter. With that being said, we are going to dive right into night eight of the G1 Climax, which, uh, featured commentary, at least for the, the tournament matches from Kevin Kelly and El Phantasmo. Uh, for those wanting the results of the undercard tag matches, I will continue to do so. So, uh, for night eight, which was on Saturday, July 30th, we had Sho and Yudro Takahashi defeating uh, Fujita and Oiwa, the Young Lions. We had El Phantasmo and Kenta defeating Jado and Tamatanga. We had Aaron Hanare, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay defeating Takamichinoku, Taichi, and Lance Archer. We had Dick Togo and Evil losing to Bushi and Tetsuya Naito. And we had the team of Kazuchika, Okada, Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toroyano, and Yoshihashi defeating Jay White, Juice Robinson, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, and Gato. And that would send us into our opening tournament match of the night, which was a D-block match with Shingo Takage taking on David Finley. Uh, to start here, Finley, uh, out on the apron, gets his legs cut out from underneath him and eats a DDT on the floor, uh, with El Phantasmo shooting hard on Japanese hotels as he states that, uh, they've made it hard for him to sleep after taking DDTs with their beanbag pillows. Uh, and he also questions if Shingo is now the United States champion. Uh, Shingo brings the dominance to Finley here with the first moment of reprieve coming from Finley as he gets out of a powerbomb and takes Shingo down with a back body drop. Uh, he comes off the ropes with a flying uppercut, and Finley flies over the top with a plancha. We have a, a backbreaker and a blue thunderbomb from David Finley, which scores a two-count. A King Kong lariat scores from Shingo as he levels Finley, uh, with Shingo coming off the top rope with the dragon elbow into a powerbomb for two. 
uh, but he transitions the kick out from Finley into an FTF, uh, STF, which was uh, just very smooth wrestling from Shingo, as expected. Uh, we had a running corner uppercut that scored from David Finley before taking Shingo off the top with a superplex for another two count. The acid drop gets blocked from Finley before Takagi goes for the sliding lariat, uh, but he gets caught with a crucifix, uh, crucifix roll-up for two. And uh, then we have David Finley taking down Shingo with his own clothesline. The acid drop then lands successfully for David Finley, but he only gets a near fall. The trash panda gets blocked as Shingo takes down Finley with a suplex. The no Shigami lands, as does a pumping bomber from Shingo Takagi, but Finley kicks out. Made in Japan lands, and Finley kicks out again. Uh, and the crowd, we got an audible gasp here. Uh, very good near fall. Rapid forearms from Shingo, a headbutt, and a sliding lariat folds Finley as David looks for a stunner here. Uh, and then Finley comes off the top rope with a stunner and rolls up Shingo. And David Finley wins. David Finley moves to four points, and Shingo Takagi sits at two points coming out of this my god um i'm again i've seen people online talking about how they don't like the format of this tournament and things are predictable because you know some of the favorites are are losing and you know that they're gonna have to start winning soon but like i didn't i don't think going into this match anybody was like oh david finley's gonna beat shingo takagi um and he did um i think david finley's having quite a tournament already um with this match and his match with juice Two two really really solid matches so far in this year's G1, and he's really impressing me uh, as somebody who's never been on the Finley train and, and never really cared for him. Uh, I think he's doing some great work this tournament uh, and really selling me. And Shingo makes you can put anybody in the ring with Shingo. Mo, you know, I'll say most anybody. I don't think Shingo would get a good match out of Bad Luck Fale, um, but you put most people in the ring with Shingo Takagi, you're gonna get a great match. Uh, it's just, it's a proven formula at this point. So, uh, shocking thing, shocking finish here. Uh, I didn't really expect Finley to win. Um, and yeah, so, uh, David moves to four points and Shingo sits at two coming out of this, but very strong opening match for, uh, night eight. Uh, that would send us into Tom Lawler versus Jonah here. Um, as both men were looking to get their first points in the tournament. Lawler takes his first pair of jeans off and then tosses them at Jonah's face and tries for a drop kick, but Jonah just eats it and, uh, you know, just tanking this and, and, and nothing. Uh, Jonah gets sent to the floor. Lawler runs around the ring to hit a PK. Uh, he looks to go for the PK for a second time, but Jonah gets up and sends Lawler onto the barricade. Ribs first. Uh, Filthy Tom gets back in at 18, and Jonas steps on him against the ropes, bringing his weight down before dropping him with a elbow across the face. Lawler breaks free from Jonah's grasp by stomping on his foot, just uh, and then just gets absolutely floored by Jonah again. Lawler gets flung with speed into the corner pad as Jonah levels him with a lariat uh, after eating a few short strikes from Tom, but he just can't keep up the offense with Jonah just dominating him. We have a body slam that lands from Jonah as he goes for a senton. Uh, Lawler slides out of the way. With Jonah trapped in the ropes, Lawler unloads with knee strikes to the head and then comes off the ropes with forearms before Jonah cuts him off with a clothesline. We have a standing senton that gets looked for, but Lawler ducks and catches Jonah in a half crab uh, before locking in a heel hook. Though Jonah gets to the ropes, uh, a leg lariat to the back of the head and a zigzag lands for Lawler, but only a two count. The two trade forearms in the center of the ring as Lawler gets the advantage, uh, with his MMA background obviously playing a factor here. Uh, and Enzigiri lands from Tom as he looks for a rear naked choke, but Jonah comes back with a standing senton. 
Tom gets out of a superplex and hits a headbutt to the back of Jonah's knee to allow him to suplex Jonah off the top rope for a near fall. Honestly, pretty good spot here to really, because he first, like, it looked like he was trying to just suplex Jonah, but couldn't do it because, you know, Jonah's a big guy, had strength, so he, he took out his knee, and then he was able to do it. So I, I liked it. Uh, Lawler's knee strikes land and a punt kick to the face does as well. Uh, and as he comes out of the corner with a tornado DDT attempt, Jonah catches him and basically just F5s him across the top rope and then hits a power bomb. Jonah goes up top and comes off with the torpedo. Jonah wins and gets his first points in the tournament as Jonah moves to two points and Tom Lawler sits at zero in the A block. Um, definitely not like a, a super standout match here. Um, Jonah is still very hit or miss for me, even outside of New Japan. Um, sometimes I think he's really on, other times I just think he's there. Tom Lawler, I do enjoy watching wrestle. Um, I do think he probably should have been put in a different block than the A block. Because um, I feel like you easily... If you just wanted... Because you put Yano and Bad Luck Fale in the same block. Why not just trade Yano for Yujiro and put Yujiro in that block as well? And you could have put... Um, not I, uh, You could trade Lawler for Yujiro. Uh, I think... I'm, I'm getting my tongue tied here, but... Trade Tom Lawler for Yujiro, send Yujiro to the A block, and just ruin A block, and then you get Tom Lawler in D block, and you could have gotten some great matches there. You could have gotten Tom Lawler versus Osprey, Tom Lawler versus Yoshihashi, Tom Lawler versus Shingo, uh, Lawler versus Juice and and uh, Finley. Would have been so much better. Or you could have sent him to the C block, and he could have gotten the match with Zack Sabre Jr. that I think everybody would have enjoyed. Um, at least we're going to get Tom Lawler versus Okada, so... That's one to look forward to, as is Tom Lawler versus Jeff Cobb. But, um, yeah, A-Block a is definitely, I feel like, the most disappointing in terms of match quality this year. Um, so, it is what it is, but Jonah wins and gets his points. After this, we would go to Sonata versus the Great Okan. Uh, we have amateur wrestling to start, and this would be quite a good portion of this match. Um, and we get into some stalemates here. El Phantasmo in commentary says the only Okan match he remembers is when he lost a shoot wrestling match to Yano for the KOPW, uh, which was pretty great. Uh, another stalemate, and we again, pretty solid exchange here for the for the map based wrestling. Is again, the entire first five minutes is just this, um, and it's like entertaining. I just I don't really know how to recap it well. I don't I don't know all the transitions and holds for amateur wrestling but if you're into amateur wrestling or technical wrestling then um i would say this was a, a good match for you um eventually sonata gets sent into the corner and comes over onto the apron um and just fires off with a drop kick to okan uh, and then nails a plancha uh, okan locks a claw on sonata's ribs before looking for the eliminator but sonata has a drop kick to the knee and then eats a boot from okan as both men go down a dropkick lands from Sonata. Okan looks for another big boot. Sonata dodges, but the uh, Great Okan lands a massive clothesline for a two count. The Mongolian chops get busted out, and Sonata stands up, putting his hands behind his back as he tanks them and just keeps just he just keeps taking them and tells uh, Okan to keep doing it. Eventually, he lands a kick to the groin as both men go down. The TKO from uh, Sonata as the Mudo Moonsault gets attempted, but Okan gets the knees up. We have a, a big corner splash from Okan as he lifts Sonata off the top and then nails a backbreaker into the Sheep Killer. Uh, but Sonata gets the skull end locked in as Okan goes after the eye. We have a jumping spin kick from Sonata, but um, Okan drops him. 
Moonsault lands from Okan for a two count, which, uh, you know, pretty special to see the great Okan bust out the Moonsault. A pop-up TKO from Sonata, and then the Moonsault, and Sonata wins. Sonata moves to four points. Great Okan sits at zero. Not a strong start for the Great Okan, but, you know, you can always come back. So, um, again, this is going to vary on what type of wrestling you like. Um, if you're into, like, amateur-style wrestling or, or map-based stuff or technical, um, then you're going to be much more, you know, receptive to this, and you'll probably get more out of it. But if you're looking for something a bit more high octane, faster, hard hitting, um, strong style type of stuff, or just, you know, something that's going to move along at a, at a quick pace, then this is probably not for you. Um, so I won't go ahead and just be like, this is a must watch match because again, this is a match that I could probably be polarizing where some people are going to think it's incredibly boring and some people will really like it. Um, so again, I've told you if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it, you now know what type of match this is. Uh, so you know, uh, you should be able to figure out if you would want to watch this or not. Uh, but again, Sonata moves to four points. Okan sits at zero coming out of this. And that would send us into our main event between Hiroshi Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. So main event in the show, we had Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And uh, to kick things off here, we had a drop toe hold from Tanahashi uh, transitioning into the STF. Zack escapes and then locks the legs around the neck of Tanahashi, who then transitions out, tying up Zack's legs as both men get to their feet against the ropes. Uh, or sorry, both men get their feet against the ropes. Uh, <clears throat> uh, good, very strong start here with the, the submissions. Uh, Zack begins working on the arms of Tanahashi, taking control of the left arm specifically with wrist locks as he just twists on them repeatedly. Tana finally gets out, attacking the ribs of Saber with, a, uh, with body blows as Zack is still selling the effects from his match with Aaron Hanare. Uh, we have Zack catching Tanahashi with a dragon screw on the ropes before locking, uh, locking him up with, until the break is enforced from Red Shoes. Zack fires off kicks to the chest of Tanahashi, and he locks in the armbar before transitioning, grabbing the leg and then locking both arms in as he changes holds every few seconds. Just so smooth, and again, all of his submissions look like they would actually not be comfortable to be locked in on so um i always appreciate about uh, appreciate that about saber we've strikes coming out uh from both after tanahashi gets out of the hold uh before both go for the cobra twist with tana eventually taking zack down with his own dragon screw uh, he goes up to the second rope tanahashi comes down with his flipping senton the armbar gets locked in from zack but tanahashi gets his foot to the rope to force the break both men fail to get suplexes on each other, but Zack gets the rear naked choke in and gets into an armbar as Tana then gets his foot to the ropes once again. The 15-minute call comes out as Tana kicks out Zack's left leg with a basement dropkick and then looks for a sing uh, sling blade to follow up, but Zack counters, uh, and then Tanahashi counters Zack and drops him with two twists and shouts. The Zack driver gets looked for, but Tanahashi counters with his own version of the, uh, the Michinoku driver, and then successfully lands the sling blade for a two count. Up high, Tana goes for aces high, but Zack rolls through with a massive roll-up that gets a loud, audible gas from this crowd in Nagoya. Um, very, very, very good near fall here. The PK from Zack, Tana catches it, dragon screw, uh, and rolls up as Tanahashi scores the win, and then the two go head-to-head -head after the bell, just jawing off at one another, but Tanahashi wins, and uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi moves to four points and ties Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, for the lead in C-Block. 
very, very strong main event, and I feel like everybody knew that going into this with the two guys that you were putting in here. Uh, Saber and Tanahashi have great chemistry and always do. Um, and yeah, I thought this was a really strong main event. I uh, Out of the entire show, I would definitely say to watch this, and I would say Shingo versus David Finley. Those would be the two must-watch matches. Um, and again, Sonata and Great Okana I enjoyed, but like I said, it's going to be one that like, opinions probably vary. You can probably skip Jonah versus Tom Lawler, but that wasn't bad by any means. It just wasn't necessarily like thrilling. But overall, I thought this was a fairly good night for the show, um, or for the tournament, I should say. And again, I thought the the opening and closing were very strong with Tanahashi versus Saber, uh, Saber and Shingo versus David Finley. So, um, yeah, that's 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 night eight. So uh, from here, we're gonna move on into night nine of the tournament, and then we'll keep the ball rolling. So, coming off of night eight of the tournament, we are heading into night nine, and we're going to do the same thing that we always do, and we're going to go over the undercard results, uh, though from here on out, I believe we only have four matches on the undercard, as night nine would be our first of the five tournament matches per night, which will be happening for the rest of the tournament until the penultimate night, which will have four, and then the final night of block action, I believe, has ooh, uh, eight? I think. I think it's pretty sure it's eight. So we'll see. But it's uh, going to get a, a bit hectic here. So more wrestling that we have to cover on the actual podcast. But uh, kicking things off here, we would have show El Fantasmo, Yujiro, and Kenta defeating Oiwa, uh, Ishii, Goto, and Tanahashi. Uh, we would get Jonah and Bad Dude Tito defeating Royce Isaacs and Tom Lawler. Aaron Hanari, the Great Okan, and Will Ospreay would defeat Jado, David Finley, and Tamatanga. And then we would get uh, Bushi, Sonata, and Shingo defeating Taka Michinoku, Taichi, and Zack Sabre Jr. before we would head into our actual tournament matches for the night. Kicking things off, we would have Jeff Cobb versus Lance Archer in a battle of the big boys. And our commentary for the tournament matches would be Kevin Kelly and Tom Lawler. Uh, as Chris Carlton was not on night eight and was apparently not on night nine either. So uh, having some wrestlers fill in here. Uh, a hip toss from Archer gets avoided early on as Cobb flips out of it. Uh, Cobb then takes down Archer with a shoulder tackle as he does the You Can't See Me. Uh, I guess Jeff is a big Fortnite fan since uh, everybody's favorite John Cena is now in Fortnite. We have a big drop kick from Lance, which sends Cobb to the floor. Archer looks to fly over the rope, but Cobb gets out of the way. Those Lance heads onto the apron and then cannonballs onto Jeff and a young lion on the floor. Cobb looks for a suplex, but Lance is too big and he just pops off. Uh, he just pops Jeff up against the ropes before choke slamming him on the apron. Cobb manages to come back eventually with a jumping uppercut in the corner and a vertical suplex before uh, Cobb then just steps on a downed archer and looks to surf. Cobb fakes archer out as he teases a clothesline but comes back with a drop kick and a moonsault for a two count. Uh, coming off the ropes, Cobb catches Lance for, with, the, uh, with the Tour of the Islands, but Archer gets out and then takes Cobb down with a pounce. The Helicoaster, uh, which was identified by Tom Lawler, which is... Lance Archer's Black Hole Slam lands uh, from Lance for a near fall as he then tunes up the band, looks for a choke slam, and he does, just spiking Jeff Cobb down for a near fall that gets the crowd to gasp. Archer shouts that Jeff has fucked up before hitting a super fast hardcore uh, and uh, super fast 
a super fast and hard corner splash. My God, I can't read my own writing. Uh, and then places Cobb up top on the top of the turnbuckle. Jeff headbutts him down, uh, but we have the step-up running knee from Lance Archer that takes Cobb out. Lance gets him up for the blackout, but Cobb escapes and lands a German suplex. Lance gets up, another German suplex. Lance is up again, and a third German suplex lands before Jeff manages to hit the tour of the islands. Jeff Cobb wins. Jeff Cobb moves to four points as Lance Archer sits at two. Um, I thought this was a solid opener. I, I saw some people not enjoying this as much and just not enjoying Lance in the G1, but I thought this was perfectly fine. Um, I thought the the final couple minutes of this was was really good and just I enjoy seeing big meaty men fighting. So um, it definitely felt like it was Archer's best match of the tournament, and I thought their styles managed to clash fairly well. Uh, there was some pretty solid reaction from the crowd reacting to big moves, uh, like the the corner step-up knee from Lance and the massive tour of the islands and the choke slam as well from Lance. Um, neither man is winning A block, but I thought this was still a fun little match, and it didn't last longer than it needed to. Um, I'm curious to see Okada versus Lance at the end of the tournament. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what type of match Okada can get out of Lance Archer. Um, and if Lance will prevent Okada from winning or what. But um, that, that is the match I'm looking forward to now uh, from Lance moving forward. Up next, Juice Robinson versus Yoshihashi. Juice lights up Yoshihashi at ringside and just br brutalizes the man against the barricade. Uh, as Tom Lawler questions how Juice can be so upset when he's getting all of that OnlyFans money from Tony Storm. Uh, Juice looks for a pile driver and a power bomb on the exposed concrete at ringside, but Yoshihashi counters uh, with a Rana as he sends Juice into the ring post face first. Yoshi gets back in the ring, and Juice gets in at 19 and then sells the eye uh, from going into the ring post. Yoshihashi gets Juice in the corner and then lights up the chest of Robinson with hard, hard chops. Yoshihashi's striking game is, is very underrated. Uh, every time Juice looks to come back, Yoshi just caves his chest in with chops and eventually lands a top row blockbuster for a two count. The Kumagoroshi lands from Yoshihashi, but Robinson gets his hand uh, on the bottom rope to break it up at the last second. We get a roll up from Juice, but the ref sees that Juice has the tights, and Robinson then gets in Marty Asami's face, who shoves him back as Yoshihashi rolls him up for two. Very good near fall here. Uh, the, the right hand from Juice lands, but he can't get pulp friction as Yoshi gets dropped with a backbreaker instead. Uh, we have the running knee from Yoshihashi, which gets, which gets a near fall as he looks for Karma, but Juice gets out and he misses with the right and the left, and then eats a thrust kick from Yoshihashi before landing the left hand of God. Pulp Friction fails, we get the Dragon Suplex counter from Yoshihashi, and a running lariat, he goes for Karma, Karma lands, and Yoshihashi wins. Yoshihashi is on the board as he moves to two points and ties Juice Robinson in the D-block, thought this was a super fun match. I think both Juice Robinson and Yoshihashi are having some of the standout performances in this year's tournament, which I don't think many people... You know, I don't want to count Yoshihashi out. Uh, since 2020, this guy's been having standout performances. Um, but Juice, I, I wasn't really expecting much from him in the G1 this year, but I think both guys are doing great. Um, in regard to Yoshihashi, I think he's proving once again that he is one of the best natural baby faces within the company. I really do believe that New Japan should get behind him a bit more uh, with a singles run as either the Never Open Weight or the IWGP United States Champion. I just I think the guy is putting on some killer matches. He has great chemistry with a lot of people, and he's just become a very captivating performer these past couple of years. I think Juice is also performing pretty greatly as an annoying heel in Bullet Club um, while still impressing in the ring. 
So I thought this was a very fun physical uh, match with an unpredictable finish as well uh, as Yoshihashi got the win. Um, so uh, I would recommend this. I would definitely recommend this one. Um, just a ton of fun. And I, again, I can't sing the praises of Juice and Yoshihashi enough in this tournament. From here we go to Chase White versus, uh, not Chase White, that's not a person. I'm sure it is, but not in New Japan. Chase Owens versus Jay White. Uh, Pre-match, Chase and Jay tease this match being short, as uh, it's indicated that Jay has paid off Chase Owens to just lay down. uh, And he hands him the envelope, but, you know, tells him not to check it, and he he takes it out and uh, brings it to the ringside area. And then Chase goes down to check it for himself, and he pulls out the first couple... uh, dollars here and then reveals that it has been stuffed with a a bunch of blank pieces of paper and chase gets back in the ring and begs jay white to cover him but jay says no because he knows that he's just going to roll him up uh once chase gets up white looks for blade runner and chase gets out as they bicker about the money jay blindsides him uh, and has to be stopped by gato eventually the c trigger lands from chase out of nowhere for two as the two go to the floor and brawl with chase demanding the money still uh, we go back in the ring, and the Blade Runner gets looked for a second time, uh, but nothing as uh, White then snaps Owens over the top rope as they go back to the floor. White sends Chase back into the ring, and we get a roll-up from Chase Owens uh, for two before Jay just marks him with a clothesline. The Blade Buster from Jay gets a two-count, neckbreaker from Owens, a super kick from Owens, uh, then followed up for a running knee with a very close 2.9. Uh, and this is around the 10-minute count as the Uranage from Jay lands and he spikes Chase for another two count. The pack, uh, package pile driver is looked for, but Chase can't do it. But he does transition into the Styles Clash, which lands for another huge near fall on Jay White, who is one of the best at kicking out at 2.9. Uh, the package pile driver is looked for again, but Jay drops Chase with the Blade Runner out of nowhere and Jay White wins. Jay White moves to six points and remains unbeaten in the tournament as Chase Owens sits at two. Uh, I think the pre-match, in in regard to my opinion on this, I would say the pre-match stuff went on a bit too long, but these two, once they actually got into the wrestling, I thought had a pretty decent match here. Nothing too special, but the near falls were pretty solid. Uh, Definitely middle-of-the-road G1 match and a a fairly low-tier Jay White match. Um, But the Styles Clash near fall and the package pile driver tease uh, and some of the roll-ups all did what they needed to and were executed pretty well. Um, Jay wins, and it does kind of look like he might just go to the end of B-Block here, which is not what I was expecting, uh, as I predicted Sonata to win, but here we are. Um, so we'll see how this plays out. Um, I still think Tamatanga's getting a win over Jay at the end, but you never know. Um, and then, you know, uh, obviously with Jay stiffing Chase Owens on money, it could lead to bigger issues down the line between the two, uh, and Bullet Club, so, you know, we'll, we'll see. But, um, decent match. I'll say decent match. Not great, not good, decent. Significantly better than the next match, though, which was Kazuchika Okada versus Bad Luck Fale. I debated not taking notes on this one, and I did not take notes for the first couple minutes, but, um, Fale, I just, I do not want to watch Bad Luck Fale wrestle. Uh, Fale dominates Okada, and Okada plays the underdog, um... To, to one of the worst wrestlers in New Japan. Uh, Fale works over the back of Okada with forearms. Okada um, tries to fight back. We had a drop toe hold from Okada that sends Fale onto the ropes. Okada nails a basement drop kick to the hoss. 
uh, and then using the momentum off the ropes, Okada manages to body slam Fale before locking in the money clip for the first time. Yay. Fale slams Okada into the corner to break up the hold, and we go to the floor. Fale throws Okada full force into the metal barricade at ringside, uh, and then he looks for the bad luck fall, but it fails to land. We get back in the ring, and the impressive move of the match is that Okada manages to get Fale up for the air raid crash neck breaker, and, and he does land it. Uh, before following up with the elbow drop, a big spear lands from Fale for a two count, and he follows up with a standing elbow for another two count. Rainmaker gets looked for, but instead the money clip gets locked in for a second time, and Okada wins. Uh, Okada moves to six points, also unbeaten in this tournament, and bad luck Fale sits at four points. Uh, I'm going to be real, this did absolutely nothing for me. The money clip remains one of the worst submissions in wrestling, um, at least for a finisher, and bad luck, uh, bad luck Fale just fucking sucks. Um, this was 10 minutes, or 12 minutes, but it felt entirely too long. Uh, I, you can disagree, but I just did not enjoy this, um, and I didn't find anything redeeming aside from the impressive uh, air raid crash neckbreaker. Skip this match. Do not waste 12 minutes of your time. And that sends us to the main event. As my favorite rivalry from the pandemic era, Evil versus Tetsuya Naito, was reignited with these two meeting in the main event for C-Block. Getting things underway very quickly here, uh, we would have Naito taking down Evil, sending him into the barricade on the floor as he would uh, give himself the chance to get undressed from his full suit without having to deal with Evil and his shit. Uh, Evil goes for the fourth countout win of the tournament uh, eventually here, but Naito gets back in at the last second uh, as Evil gets a, a two count before going... Uh, after the knee with elbows, we have the combination Cabron landing from Naito in the corner, and he finally takes down Evil. Uh, both look for control here, and uh, we have a follow-up attempt uh, of the neckbreaker from Naito, but Evil escapes and slides to the floor. Naito gets the chair around Evil's neck. Uh, we have a nice reverse here as he swings his own chair and gets a home run on Evil at ringside for a good reaction from the crowd. At the 10-minute call, Naito gets sent into the announce table at ringside and uh, then gets sent back in by Evil, who eventually lands. Darkness falls for a two-count. Everything is Evil gets looked for, but Naito escapes and comes flying back with a dropkick, takes down Evil as the two men go uh, as the two men both go down. We have a rope-hung rope neckbreaker from Naito as he goes up top, but, uh, but Evil then punches Naito and sends him off the top turnbuckle and down onto the floor for a rough landing. Dick Togo comes in and sets up a table. Tom Waller responds with, Dick's got wood for the call of the night. Evil tries Darkness Falls through the table, but Naito gets off uh, as Naito takes out Togo and then sends Evil flying over the railing. Uh, we get back in the ring and Naito unloads the elbows down onto the neck and shoulder regions of Evil uh, and just, you know, uh, tries to weaken him here so he can eventually hit Destino. Uh, running Destino does land from Naito, but it's not enough, as everyone's favorite Dick Togo gets involved and pulls out the ref. Evil and Togo then head to the apron as they call for the magic killer through the table. Naito blocks it and snaps Togo on the rope before kicking uh, kicking the rope against Evil's nuts to crotch him. And at the 15-minute mark, Naito really struggles to get Evil up for the pile driver, but he does. And we have a brutal pile driver off the apron and through a table here as the table just breaks cleanly. Uh, Naito looks for another Destino, but Evil sends him back first into an exposed turnbuckle with Naito's back uh, bleeding from the table spot. A lariat from Evil lands for only a two count as the crowd stays invested, firmly behind Naito. 
Everything is Evil gets looked for twice, but Naito gets out with his rolling kick and a flying forearm. Destino gets looked for, but Evil escapes. Naito uses Dick on the apron for an assist here as he runs off of his chest and scores the Destino uh, for the second time before spiking Evil down and then nails the third Destino. And Tetsuya Naito wins and finally gets points on the board here as Tetsuya Naito moves to two points and Evil sits at two. Uh, I will say, while I don't care for Naito versus Evil matches, this was pretty fun, even with the length here. Uh, the crowd was invested fully, and the Togo interference was fairly minimal, uh, aside from the one near fall with him uh, pulling out the ref and whatnot. Pile driver looked rough, and I am not uh, jealous of Evil there. That did not look fun to take. Uh, far from either man's best work, but it was a solid main event, I thought. Um, so if you're going to watch two sh two matches from the show, I'd say watch Evil versus Naito, and watch... Um, Juice Robinson versus Yoshihashi. Those were definitely the two like best matches of the show and probably the two must-watch matches if you're going to go for, for that. Um, and coming out of Day 9, we'll do the actual updated scores for the tournament itself here. Uh, as A block, we have Okada in the lead with 6 points. We have Jeff Cobb and Bad Luck Fale in second at 4. Lance Archer, Jonah, and Toriano at 2. And Tom Waller at 0. In B-block action, we have the block being led by Jay White at 6, Sonata at 4, Tomohiro Ishii, Tamatanga, Taichi, and Chase Owens at 2, and the Great Okan at 0. In the C-block, we have a three-way tie for first place with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, and Zack Sabre Jr. at 4 points, Tetsuya Naito at 2 points, Aaron Hanari at 2 points, Evil at 2 points, and Kenta at 0 points. And last but not least, in the D block, we have a two-way tie here with Will Ospreay and David Finley at four points. And then everybody else in the block, Yoshihashi, Shingo Takagi, Juice Robinson, El Phantasmo, and Yujiro Takahashi are all sitting at two points as we head into night 10 of the G1 Climax, which is on August 2nd, which is tomorrow, uh, as we have five more tournament matches with B-block action as Tomohiro Ishii takes on the Great Okan. Toriano takes on Tom Lawler in the A-block. B-block action again, Tamatanga versus Sonata. C-block action with Hiroki Goto versus Kenta. And the main event is D-block action with Will Ospreay taking on David Finley. So that is the G1 standings as it is for New Japan. And just for those keeping track of our predictions challenge for the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast crew, coming out of night nine, uh, or coming out of night eight, uh, night eight was a brutal night. Uh, Ryan finished with zero, Joey and Rob finished with one, Angelo, myself, and Sam finished with two. And then coming out of night nine, uh, we had myself and Sam finishing with two, Angelo with three, Joey, Ryan, and Rob with four, which brings our overall scores for the tournament. Joey or Sam in last place with 17, Joey at 20, Ryan, Angelo, and myself at 21, and Rob in the lead with 22 points for the G1 Climax. So thank you for joining me. If you did, uh, if you made it to the end of this podcast, be sure to leave a like if you're on YouTube, leave a rating if you're on Apple or Spotify, subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to, and come back for the next episode of the New Japan G1 Climax coverage for the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. I've been Pat, and I appreciate you for listening. I'll talk to you in the next episode.